Our brains are the most complex part of the human body. It interprets our senses. It's the initiator of our human body and controls our behavior. But for those of us who believe in a God-given soul, we subscribe to our identities beyond just the chemistry in our brains. An identity beyond our consciousness. A God-given and created identity that surpasses our physical bodies. In today's episode, I speak to licensed therapist Jenna Santucci Freeman about Christians who are still weary about mental health, also known as brain health, why they should still seek help in spite of believing in an all-powerful and good God that heals. There are many who are still not just skeptical, but even hostile towards mental health and therapy. So today, we push back. I hope you enjoy this first episode and first installment, first of many, of The Pushback. All right. So to top off the very first episode of The Pushback, who better to talk about the matters of the soul, matters of the brain, than a licensed therapist, but you know, I, I I could go on and just keep padding all the stats. Why don't you, my sister, introduce yourself? Well, first of all, I am so honored to be the first guest on the pushback. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love, yeah. right? I love what this is going to do um, <laughs> yeah. and everybody who's going to listen. But yeah, my name is uh, Jenna Santucci Freeman. Um, I am a licensed clinical social worker and I've been um, a therapist for almost 10 years now. It'll be 10 years uh, this year, actually. Um, so I specialize in treating trauma, um, PTSD specifically, um, but I also work with individuals who have depression and anxiety. Um, and I am also a couples therapist and a habits and wellness coach. So that's what I do. That's awesome, man. That's, that's, that's really, um, that's a lot, you know, I feel like that, that kind of sums up the population almost, you know, it, it's a lot of us right now for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but praise God just for the work that you do. And, you know, um, if my little affirmation of praise God doesn't tell everybody enough, um, we both happen to be Christians. Um, however, like I think what makes I guess like your position that much more interesting is the fact that like when we spoke prior, you said that you actually were not a Christian when you got into your career, correct? That's right. Yeah. I didn't become a Christian until like three years in, I think. Wow. So, so I, so I have to ask just right off the gate, what, how has your perspective changed uh, about, you know, your overall view of brain health, mental health, contrasting the two like going from like you not having a faith versus you like centering your life around your faith like how how has that been affected yeah that's a really good question so um you know all throughout my education um actually up until grad school um i was not a believer really in anything other than you know there might be a God or someone up there. I know it's not you and it's definitely not me. So uh, other than that, that's just kind of where it left. Um, And I've always been so interested in the brain and how the brain functions um, and the chemicals of the brain. And so I've always been really interested. And then when I became a believer and I read scripture and I learned the Bible, I just saw how all of what I learned about science ties right back into scripture. You know, they're not mutually exclusive. They are one and the same, you know, scripture just informs science. Um, And so in in that way, I haven't uh, left any of my beliefs about science and the brain and how it works. I just know who made it that way and why it was designed that way so specifically. And I think it just empowers us even more to take back our mind that we have so much control over it. Wow. That's really dope. So like, I guess like from the outside looking in, I I always kind of hear how people place a sort of conflict between um, science and faith more so when it comes to matters of health, you know what I mean? And, and, and for you to kind of, I guess, sort of see like a bit of like harmonious tie between the two, that's really, really dope. What would be like, 
a couple of examples that you've noticed both, you know, in your, I guess, for lack of a better word, pre-Christian days or pre-belief, pre-faith versus, you know, you being in the faith, like what sort of um, harmony have you seen between the two? Yeah, one of my favorites is, um, and something I use a lot in my practice is cognitive behavioral therapy. So cognition is just a fancy word for thoughts. Um, and so what cognitive behavioral therapy does, or CBT for short, um, is it, a lot of us want to change our behaviors. Um, but first, in order to do that, we have to go back to what feelings are driving those behaviors. And in order to change that, we got to go back to what thoughts are driving those feelings. So in order to change our behaviors, we got to change our feelings. In order to change our feelings, we have to change our thoughts, which mm. ties into one of my favorite scriptures, which is take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. So yeah. we have to capture, and this is what I do with my clients, we, we <laughs> capture the thought. What is the belief? What are you telling yourself? Yeah. And that's exactly what scripture instructs us to do is to take every single thought captive, hold it, and then change it, make it obedient to what God says about you, to what he believes, what he says is true. Yeah. And that's exactly what we do in therapy all the time, every single session. Wow. So like ha having uh, or exercising rather like a sort of governance over your thoughts and, you know, bringing it uh, against the standard of truth. Yes. You know, because I've, I've, I've gone to therapy um, maybe about a month by now, not not too long, but there has been sort of kind of this um this sort of like examining like what's real versus what's not like in terms of like you know fear anxiety things of that nature i have to ask because i i do think um like it almost sounds too simple you know what i mean um where it's like oh, okay if 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 i am a believer um, whether you're someone of a different religion or Christianity, and I am to examine a particular thought that maybe could be harmful, but ultimately I don't know whether or not it's real. Mm -hmm. Does someone even have to have a religion to do that? And if, and if they don't, then what, is there a benefit, you know, to, I guess, being a Christian and going to mental health? Because, you know, I, I could almost hear some zealous brothers and sisters saying, well, okay, well, I, I have the Holy Spirit in me. I can take this thought captive. So why do I need to go to therapy? How would you respond to like that sort of logic? I could see it in your eyes where it's like, whoa, sis, chill. First, uh, have a, first having chill. the Holy Spirit just completely uh, excuses you from having struggles. <laughs> yeah, uh, we yeah, we yeah. wouldn't need Jesus if that were, if it oh. were as simple as that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, w I would challenge that person to, to think about what they believe about struggles mm. and what they believe about having struggles and being a believer um, and where that comes from mm. and, and who taught them that. Um, and is whoever taught you that a reliable and dependable source of information? Because, um, you know, I think the benefit of having faith, first of all, statistically, people who have faith are less likely to uh, to commit suicide, to complete wow. suicide, um, wow. because there's something about believing and having faith in someone that exists outside of this time. Um, and for us as believers in God and in Christ, um, I know that there is a God who has lived beyond this situation, who is living in this situation with me and has mm. lived before mm. this situation. Um, yeah. and that I don't have to be all knowing and I don't yeah. have to have all the answers. And so there's something grounding in that. Um, but for people who think that having faith or believing and having the Holy spirit excuses them from, from problems, uh, I don't think you're being honest with yourself. Um, uh, I think a strong faith can handle struggles. Yeah. I think a strong faith in God can handle uh, questions, tough questions, not having all the answers. I think that's what makes us different from Jesus is that, yeah. is that I struggle and yeah, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. And I think even like just the, the notion of if I have the spirit of God inside of me, um, I don't need to seek therapy is also kind of has this sort of presupposition that I don't need help. I don't need anyone else. 
You know what I mean? I think that that's also kind of very self-deceiving. And I think it's it's faith cloaked as arrogance. You know what I mean? Like, and, 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 and you said something earlier that you would want to know who they got that from and how can they know that that source is reliable. That being said, I think that segues into, I think, a really important point. And that is, unfortunately, man, a lot of I, I consider bad following to be the product of bad teaching mm-hmm. and bad teaching coming from bad leadership. And, you know, this is not to like um, make a blanket statement on everybody, but I think that they're, you know, people typically don't, aren't born with thoughts like that. Typically they, they kind of get, you know, uh, given them. Yeah. Then, they, then they kind of regurgitate it to others. Um, how would you at first, I, I kind of want to ask you a two part question. One, how can a believer um, benefit from therapy? Is there anything that you feel that maybe, you know, if, if, if a believer is already part of a healthy community, if they have um, good accountability with their leaders or, you know, their pastor, they have a great emotional support system, how can they benefit from therapy? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, and if I can, I'll answer it and then add a Uh, an addendum to that. So a therapist is somebody that's not in your personal life. Um, And for some people, that's what makes it uh, scary is to trust a stranger. Um, But your friends are there because they tell you what you want to hear. And sometimes gently what you don't want to hear, you know, if it's a good friend. Um, The friend with me, they may not always get it gently, but I I totally, I get where you're coming from. You're you're honest. You give it to it honest. Um, and what a therapist does is it, it's not, they're not even really there to give you advice. Um, they're there to help you understand yourself more. And the benefit of that being somebody that doesn't already know you is they have an objective view on you and your life. Um, they don't know you. They don't know where you come from. They don't know your family. They don't know your parents. They don't know your church. They don't know anything. Um, they really are learning you in order for you to learn yourself. Um, yeah. And I think that's the benefit and the difference between therapy and friends. And you should have both. Now I'm not a believer that therapy should be forever. Um, I believe mm. it should be something that uh, you go, you do for a period of time, um, similar okay. to a physical therapist. You know, if I got into mm. a car accident, I would go see a physical therapist for a period of time. I would have a treatment plan of how often I would go and what exercises I would need to do in order to strengthen the part of me that was hurt. Um, yeah. and in the same way, therapy is there to help strengthen the parts of us, our inner child, our mind that have been hurt over time. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean it was trauma. Um, it, it can very well be, but it can also just be, you know, an injury from a relationship, um, an injury from, you know, an absent parent, um, it could be anything and yeah. it's there to help you strengthen that part of you again and then you i believe go on and live your best life yeah yeah with that sort of uh support and i think also it's i i I do find it very interesting how um when it comes to like just professionals period like we have no problem you know entrusting our stomachs to gastroenterologists or you know, our hearts to cardiologists, but for some reason when it comes to the mind, and I think, you know, what it comes down to is like brain health. Cause I think the second that, you know, some people, and, and, you know, I'm not trying to throw shade on my community, but I kind of like, whether it's, you know, minorities or Latinos or even the church for that matter, sometimes they'll hear mental health and then the, the immediate stigma is like, oh, it's because you think I'm crazy. You think there's something wrong with me versus if somebody got high blood pressure, like, oh, okay, just, you know, just try to eat better. Or if it's really bad, you know, maybe you should see a professional. Like there's no, nobody bats an eye. Why do you think, in your opinion, and you, you know, you've been in it 10 years, why do you think that stigma still exists? And do you feel like it's gotten worse or gotten better? I would like to believe it's gotten better. Um, I see a lot of people in my practice that come from that type of environment, that type of upbringing, that, that type of beliefs. And I'm always so, uh, proud when I see people who are breaking that cycle and saying, uh, I don't know. 
Um, yeah. I don't think it needs to be that way because that's brave, first of all. And, and, mm. and if that's you or that's somebody listening, you're very brave because you're walking on paths that have not already been paved. Um, you are oh. paving it and that's not easy to do. Um, and so I'd like to think it's getting better. I think it's getting better. I, I have a lot of thoughts on social media, but the one thing I like about social media is that um, things can like this can be normalized. And I see the younger generation really embracing yeah. mental health and embracing therapy and, you know, asking and going to extremes to even go over their parents and what their parents believe and getting into therapy for themselves. And it's, it's amazing. Um, but I, I think that just comes from just generations long of belief that people are crazy. If, if you have something wrong in your head and, and I, I don't know this, but I'm, you know, as I'm talking about, it, I'm thinking, I wonder if that even comes from this false sense from, um, you know, I know in the U S at least we're funded on, you know, Christianity. Um, yeah. And I wonder if it even ties all the way back to that. People believing that somehow there something's wrong if you struggle and yeah. have faith, like you can't have both. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not claiming that, listeners. I'm just sure. the thought that's brewing. No, and and, and I, but I I do think that that is part of like a sort of, I guess for lack of a better word, American culture yeah. where um you know and and it even goes back to the to the first century like um well the first you know yeah like when when they g i think like the disciples they had asked jesus about a, a a recent tragedy in which like the tower of Siloam fell on people and they're like you know you know jesus like what sort of sin did these people commit in order for something like that to happen and i think that our minds automatically go to if someone died of a heart attack you know at an early age or if a, they were involved in a certain natural disaster or just to kind of keep things in topic, if maybe perhaps someone could be experiencing early symptoms of schizophrenia or um, anxiety disorder. And then I think people kind of have this sort of punishment reward system logic when it comes to God, where it's like, okay, what did this person do? You know what I mean? Or are they being punished? Um, they have a demon. It, like they're obviously like even Christianity, it's not monolithic. There's there's a spectrum of people who are one like very, very, very close to just naturalistic where it's simply, um, I guess for lack of a better term, like there isn't really any sort of like supernatural involvement. It might even be considered a little bit more liberal, progressive versus those that might be considered charismatic or maybe even hyper charismatic to say like okay this person is has some sort of demonic attachment you know and that that is the result of of like what they're going through is just the result of something of the devil or something of demons like how do you have you came across any of these sort of like things with when you talk to like i guess like christian clients mm -hmm. Any client, really, and I'll tell you why. There's something wow. called the just world myth, J-U-S-T world mm. myth. The just world myth is this belief many of us come into adulthood, at least, with. And it says good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. Where do we learn this from? We learn this from our teachers. We learn this from our parents. We learn this from religion, right? Because if, if you got, yeah. uh, you know, if your daughter came home and got straight A's, yeah. You know, you're probably going to say, you know what, I'm going to reward that. Let's let's go get ice cream. Let's go out to let's go out to eat. Right. Mm -hmm. You're going to reward a good behavior. But if she comes home and punches a hole in your wall. There's going to be a, a talking to. Right. There's going to be a consequence. Yeah, we're going to have a little, combo, a little yeah. combo. So if I do the right thing, good things will happen to me. If I do the wrong thing, bad, bad things will happen to me. Right. Mm -hmm. So what happens when somebody believes they're a good person? and something bad happens to them. Well, because of the just world myth, we automatically assume, well, I must have done something wrong to mm, deserve that, mm, um, mm. right? Because we believe, well, if I was just, if I was a good person, then something bad wouldn't have happened to me. Or we have yeah. people who grow up in really um, unfortunate circumstances, abusive environments, where they just were never believed that they were good. 
So when bad things happen, they just, they don't even bat an eye because of course something bad, I'm a bad person. I'm unloved. God doesn't care about me. Of course this happened to me. Um, yeah. And so believers are unbelievers alike. And until we challenge that myth and we understand that we don't live in a just world, that, that mm. stopped when Eve took a bite of that apple, right? Right. And we, right, right. And we fell from perfection and perfect unity with Christ, with God. So we don't live in a just world. Bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. And, yeah, and, and yeah. until we can reconcile that, right, for our own individual lives, we are falling under this myth that if I'm just good, only good will happen to me. And if something bad does yeah. happen, then I must be bad. We have to challenge that notion. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think it also makes the world and your life very self-centered, where it it could it could give you like it could really get you to de- deceive yourself into thinking that you have control over the events of your life being fortunate or unfortunate you know if i behave a certain way i will be rewarded based on uncontrollable circumstances coming in my favor and at least if you're a practicing christian that is completely unbiblical and i would even even go as far as to call it anti-biblical you know and i remember uh uh pastor john piper he was taught like i think he was referring to like the just the prosperity gospel this notion of you come to god and you know you're very obedient you're just going to be blessed beyond your ability you know and and he was like you know if people really associated prosperity with god then someone could own i'm paraphrasing because i'm probably butchering it but he was like then someone would have to conclude that god hated the apostle paul mm. just everything that he had gone through you know what i mean almost dying uh getting bit by a snake and and you know being shipwrecked and having to sleep you know in the ocean all these sort of things and even jesus you know like for the suffering that he endured who was born uh, in a for, manger okay yeah yeah hello yeah. If anybody deserved yeah, no. to be born in a palace surrounded by gold, it was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Right, right. There was no NICU, no hospital, no nurse, no midwife, no nothing. I mean, and I can't even imagine what the mortality rate for children were. Good point. Uh, at at that time. So I mean, I, I I think it's really important, and I and I really pray that people are able to kind of give themselves rest, whether they're people of faith or not um just knowing that um life happens to everybody and you know i think one one of the most like profound verses in the bible is talking about how god allows rain to fall in the just and the unjust alike you know um things that are and i don't even like saying good things or bad things because i feel like it's super subjective you Mm -hmm. get what i'm saying Uh, somebody could get into a car accident call it a bad thing but then you know upon surgery discover that you know hey we came across a disease that if you would have came any later it would have killed you then that bad thing all of a sudden becomes like this blessing that came and maybe you you get what i'm saying it's very subjective so i think i think like just things that maybe we may consider fortunate or unfortunate i think they they happen to everybody you know what i mean they happen to to people independent of their faith independent of whatever you know what i mean but i i think using external things to kind of determine god's love for you is a very dangerous and it's 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 just not a theology that is congruent with christianity if you love god because of what he can do for you you have totally missed the best part come on man yeah yeah if you don't want to give and be generous out of the abundance of gratitude for what God has given you, you don't need to be given, mm. right? That you're not giving out of uh, an actual genuine heart of, I just want to give and show God I trust him, right? If you're yeah. only giving because you feel like you have to, or you just want God to bless you, then, then yeah. scripture even says, then you have earned your reward already, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the other thing I just want to say too, this is an unfair world and you don't have to be alive very long to know that. Um, 
Yeah. And we do live in an unjust world, but those of us who believe in God, we serve a just God, right? And we don't yeah. always know. God doesn't think like we think. Justice in the kingdom doesn't work like justice in the Montgomery County District Court, okay? It right. doesn't work the same. Right. Um, we are alive for a blimp of eternity, a blimp of time. If even that, if even yeah. that. And yeah, God yeah. holds time in his hands, right? So you can only imagine just how small we then become. Um, yeah. And and what's beautiful is that we get to hope in something that's beyond this moment, something that feels yes. so unfair, something that it, that is so unjust, right? Yeah. But when you serve a just God, there's a reason for that. And God, and <laughs> here's the other thing. I was working with a client the other day. And she said, I don't know why God would allow this to happen. Mm. Talking about what we were talking about. And I said, well, I don't think God had anything to do with that. God, God mm. tried to get you out of that, right? But the thing about God is that if you submit it to him, he will use it, right? Mm. right? We, we get ourselves into messes a lot of times, and then we then blame God, right? Yeah, that's facts. We uh, move and then say, well, you know. I think God wants me to do that. Or I heard from God. Did you? Right. Yeah. And then you move yeah, yeah. and then you can't find a job. You don't have any money. And then you blame God. God, why'd you do that? God ain't have nothing to do with that. God tried to tell you through multiple people, do not do that, but you did it anyway. Right. Yeah. And then you want to blame God and say, well, God, why? Well, you're so unfair. God didn't have nothing yeah. to do with that. But if you submit that mistake to him, you say, okay, God, can, can you use this? Yes, because he can right, still right. use you. Yeah, that, that 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 reminds me of um, I believe it's in Galatians where I don't know if y'all can hear my daughter, but if you can, I apologize. Um, but it it I remember I think it's in Galatians where he says, you know, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. You know what I mean? And and, and I think it's extremely important what you're saying, because I do think that sometimes we kind of fall into a sort of like uh, protagonist syndrome where like l everything in life is about you and the things that happen mm, to you come on. that we sort of like, you know what I mean? Like we use I, I, like, to, I guess the, the whole movie script is about you. God's the narrator and you're the main character sort of thing. And, you know, I could be a terrible employee and then I get, fired and then i'm like you know what you know god it's because god has God's something else for door. me and i yeah and 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 what's what's crazy is now no don't get me wrong i 100 believe in the sovereignty of god that he controls everything there isn't anything that happens uh by surprise to god but i think there's a part of that sort of logic that just ignores accountability and responsibility to where now stuff that I messed up in is just really part of his plan. Like, you know, I, if, if I cheated on my wife, I'm like, well, God has a plan. You know, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, and there's, God's no, like, there's no repent. Bro, <laughs> I ain't got nothing to do with that. Right. Like, he's like, right. who, me? Like, me? <laughs> I, 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 my plan was for you to cheat uh, on your wife. That's, that's news to me. That's, and, and it's scary yeah. though, but like, it, it's, it's, very prevalent today. I think w there's a lot of um, sermons that kind of gas people up in this sort of way where they are the main character of their life. You get what I'm saying? Their their mean boss is their Goliath. Mm. Their, the girl that they like is, yeah, I mean, they're Rebecca, they're Rachel sort of thing. And, 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 and I, I do kind of feel like the closer that we get to God, the smaller we become and the greater he becomes, and then it becomes less about us and more about how we treat people, how we love one another. And and I think it gets summed up within the two first two greatest commandments that G, like when they when Jesus was asked, like what are the what are the best, what's the greatest mm -hmm. commandment of all? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, but instead it becomes like, you know, God has a plan for you. Um, you know. God is going to do something with you. It's so, the, these vague promises that I think our brain will automatically kind of fill in the gap where it's like, I can be, you know, living a very foul life and treating people in my life mm -hmm. terribly, 
Brau received the sort of one size fits all, you know, theological sermon, and my brain will automatically form favorable thoughts towards myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna put myself in the in, in the way of like the villain, be like, you know what, I should. I, I, and I feel like that that's 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 the sort of convicting nature that the Holy Spirit has. Like, I hear a sermon, and <laughs> I don't know if this happened to you before, but like there's been times where I'll, I'll hear something in a sermon and it'll be calling out somebody. And in my head, I was like, All right, I know yeah, I know like exactly that. who that's for. You know, I know, man, if that person was here, I, you know what I mean? And then like low key, I'll feel convicted. Like, okay, now look, now you look at you, you in the mirror. Yeah. You know, how do you fit into this? And I feel like that's, it's not a natural thing to do. I feel like that is something the Holy spirit does. He makes you look in the mirror and holds you accountable. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm here indirectly trying to snitch on other people, but God's like, they not here. I'm. This is for you, sort of thing. You know what I mean? I, I, like, do you in your profession, like, kind of know? Like, do you get that at all, or do you get the opposite? Like, of people that I don't want to. I don't want to like say like, "Woe is me," but like they 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 kind of, I guess, kind of see themselves so low. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do. You, do you ever get the opposite? Like, what 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 sort of experiences have you? Have well, you seen? most people who don't believe they have problems aren't going to come to therapy. So, uh, and and not say that they shouldn't, but you know, most people who don't yeah. think they have anything to work on are not coming to see somebody to work on themselves. Um, so that's problem number Dang. one. Um, right. But you know, the people that do come, uh, even whenever we're talking about anybody else you have no control over nobody else so whether everybody yeah. else is hurting you um or everybody else has problems and you're not the problem you have no control over anybody yeah. else the only person you have any control over is yourself and so the solution is sure. still the same is to stop pointing out the speck in your brother's eye and take the plank out of your own good man because this good. is the only eyes i have control over right I can choose to see or not mm -hmm. to see if I put on my glasses or take them off. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. I have control. Yeah. I, and, and part of yeah. what I love about therapy is it empowers people to release the things that they can't control from, from other people. Um, because yeah. Yeah. you know, you can't, you, you, it, it's a false sense of, you know, it's a God complex if you think you can really. That's good. Right. That's good. Like if I think I somehow can control you, even even in a positive way, if I think I can make you like me, if I think you can think favorably about me, that's what you know. A lot of people with anxiety they worry about are people thinking of me positively, and it's not it's not bad, yeah. but it's just you don't have any control over that. You can give somebody a million dollars and they still may judge you. There's nothing you can do yeah. that can control the mind of somebody else. You can only control your own. Yeah, yeah, and I've 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 heard somebody say this a, a minute ago. I can't remember who it was, but they're like, you know, you could be the prettiest peach in the world. There's go always going to be somebody out there mm -hmm. who don't like peaches. You know what I mean? Like it's you, you, you're not a flavor that's for everybody, and you know whether whether or not it's justifiable. If I if I treat people badly, and then people don't like me, I I can't also sit up here and be like, oh, they're just haters. You know what I mean? I'm I'm a terrible oh, person. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you can also just legitimately be yourself. And there was, there's just, you know, it's not right or wrong. It just is. Yeah. You know, there's going to be some people that, you know, uh, aren't going to be very fond of you. And and, and I, I love what you said, because I think it, it puts the power back into the individual. It's like, OK, if I am not liked by a group of people or an individual that I would prefer to have a level of favor or approval for, it's OK. Um, There's nothing right. wrong with me, you know. I, I love that. And I feel like it takes um, so long, you know, going through school, uh, high school, work, universities, whatever, to kind of like really, you hear that all the time. But to, I think until you kind of like really accept it for yourself and kind of walk in that, it's it's really hard, but so worth it, man. So worth and it. And I think it's even harder. I feel so bad for the the this current young generation and those to come. I didn't have the pressure of, I mean, we had MySpace, right? And like, that was really it. We learned coding. Listen, we knew how to code. From Zanga, I built my own little blog there. So Yo. really, we're really dating Yo, ourselves. Back. But, you know, yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah, have yeah, yeah. 
the pressure of having to look at, you know, celebrities and other people, you know, I looked at my friends who I already were seeing in school anyway, and judge myself against them. And that was hard enough. I can't imagine nowadays where yeah, you yeah. aren't just comparing yourself to the people in your school, you're comparing yourself and you wonder, do I match up? Do I measure up? And of course, no, you don't because you're using the wrong rubric, right? You're, you're comparing yeah. your apples mm -hmm. to somebody else's grapes i mean you're, it's different you you've you're you've got different resources you can't compare yourself to kim kardashian uh right uh, who's yeah. a millionaire and, and, and a billionaire right and has access to a limited yeah. resource yeah. yeah yeah it's like that old uh, adage where i think it was like <laughs> i think i had a picture of them or some other celebrities that like y'all just remember you're not ugly you're just broke exactly you know what I mean? <laughs> like with all the cosmetic stuff and then and i don't have you know, any, any particular qualms against that. But I do think that it is important to like, you're just not going to get your approval in comparison, no. period. You're just, you're just not And it. And you know, as, as cliche as it is, that comparison is the thief of joy. I think that's exactly um, what it is. I did want to ask you a couple of questions from a couple of people that knew that I was going to be speaking to you. And I, I, I would love to get your input on this and um, something that I did want to implement on this podcast is, um, you know, kind of putting people in the hot seat, you know what I mean? And, 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 and I'm excited for that because there, I think they're a little bit of mixture between science and theology. So I'm very curious to get your, uh, answers for those, but here's a couple questions from a couple friends. Um, what sort of red flags should Christians look for in regards to churches or pastors? Mm. All right. Here are my raw thoughts, okay? Because listen, he didn't prepare me. He didn't prep me sure. with questions, okay? No, not at all. Not at all. This is this is off the off the dome. You're 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 in the studio and you got freestyle. All right, all right. right. Here I am. Okay, I'm gonna start with green flags, okay? That's fair. Things that when you're looking at a church, do you feel the presence of God? Do you? How would you define? I think everybody defines how would you it differently. Define do you? feel like God is speaking to you there because everybody feels, I feel God differently than probably you feel God. Um, okay. For me, I feel a weightiness of peace. Like somebody else is like over me. It's I can't really describe it. Um, okay. Do you feel like you can hear God there? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, that's what, that that needs to happen no matter what because here's the thing that's true for every single church yeah. there are sinful people sitting next to you and there is a sinful pastor preaching to you sure period end sure. of story um because yeah, yeah. none of them are god um and yeah. none of you are god so um yeah i gotta ask go you something ahead. though this, the seat is piping I gotta ask. hot it's it's I got to turn the stove on a little bit. The studio, the yeah, AC huh. getting cut off. I got to ask, because you said something that I that when I hear this, my ears light up a little bit, and that is hearing from God, okay? Because I think both you and I know, I think especially you being in the profession that you're in, that there's a lot of people that have committed heinous things claiming to hear from God. So we know, So we know that there's, as, as broad as a sentence as that is, and you understanding, um, you know, the scientific, you know, biology of the brain, how would you differentiate between someone actually hearing from God? And I know that that's not something you learn scientifically, because that's something that, you know, doesn't contradict science. It just surpasses mm -hmm. it. It goes, you know what I mean? It's, 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 you know what I mean? It's almost like you can't, you, it's you can't right. quantify it, you know? How would you how would you differentiate between someone hearing from God and and again you know this could totally be subjective to each person um, to a degree, but I uh, and, and versus someone who may actually because I'll, I'll I'll be the first to kind of tell you this. I I'll I'll give you my perspective first, and I'm I want to hear your yeah give me some time about yeah. it. Yeah 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 and 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 by all means if if I say anything that you can correct um scientifically or theologically yo let me know you know me. what i'm saying 
Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So I've had individuals that have both spoken to me and to others and said, thus saith the Lord, or God showed me, God said. And the thing that they said did not happen um, or was just untrue or it could be explained naturally. You know what I mean? I know that even that in itself is, is very broad, but I am under the assumption that I don't believe in this whole accuracy stuff. And what I mean by that is some people are like, oh, this person is accurate in the spirit. This person is not that accurate. To me, it's just weird when we start comparing our ability to hear God, which I think biblically is God's ability to communicate almost like it's like somebody's uh, uh, field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Where it's like somebody somebody has a higher accuracy than somebody else. Because what I've noticed throughout all the scripture is that God's never had a problem communicating. You know what I mean? Like he's not, he when he says something, he says it very clearly. Now, don't get me wrong. There's times where like I, I can look back at my life and be like, yo, I know that was God. And I've doubted me. I'm like, wait, am I hearing correctly? Am I... You get what I'm saying? Like, I'll put the doubt on me before I put it on him. And I do believe in personal revelation. I do. I absolutely, with my heart of hearts, believe that there there can be things that is meant to be from you, whether it's God speaking through an individual, a sermon, or whatever. I, I, I am not a cessationist. I am not a person who doesn't believe in the prophetic or anything like that. But I have become a heck of a lot more protective and biblically skeptic about that thing, just because I, I feel like people have gotten finessed and fleeced. And I've known individuals that have actually passed away mm. or lost their homes because of stuff like this. You know what I mean? Um, my, what I say is like, okay, if you didn't hear from God and you're claiming to have heard a voice, then maybe just maybe you should seek professional help. And I don't mean that like, I'm not trying to be facetious i'm actually being literal i'm like yo that if you're claiming like now if you had a dream or something like that like point blank you were wrong you're you're wrong like i will i like oh then you don't believe in god no i believe god i don't believe you you get what i'm saying um so for me i i I think either you hear from god or Mm -hmm. you don't either you're you you know you either lied to yourself or you deceived yourself or you just um like yo i thought i heard and i didn't sort of thing but how I, I i guess you know just to kind of circle back when would you if someone who either they want to walk in the prophetic or claim to walk in the prophetic when would you suggest okay this person should seek professional help so anything that god is speaking right to you or to somebody else through you should lead them closer to him i mean at, at a very foundational level, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So if I claim to hear from God that you should give me a million dollars, right? Is that leading you closer to God's purpose hmm. for you? Because everything's connected. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So just in my opinion, not that I claim to be anywhere yeah. close to a professional on the prophetic. You good, you good. Um, because I, I think about God's character first and foremost. Anytime, because I, I didn't grow up reading the Bible. God taught me yeah. about him, like firsthand. God did. Listen, okay? Yeah. So um, <laughs> everything I, I've learned about God, it had to line up in scripture because this is where I learned it. So if i know god's character and i know that ultimately he he his desire his heart's desire that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that jesus not julian Mm. not jenna not so and so Mm. that jesus is lord right so that so that anything god might be speaking is so that i might become closer to believing that amen that's good that's good is how i feel yeah so if I get a prophetic word that leaves me more with more questions about God than answers. Mm. Okay. For he's not author of okay. confusion. Right. Yeah. So 
that's how you kind of maybe decipher if this is somebody I should listen to. Um, that's really yeah. good. What about for the themselves? Yeah. What if the person themselves is, is like, okay, I think I'm hearing from God. I guess I, somebody may even be honest enough or have enough awareness to say, okay, this is either God, this is either the devil, or my brain is playing tricks yeah. on me. How, how would you, I guess, what are some telltale signs that it could be the brain? Um, if it's the brain, uh, like we're talking about a serious, you know, mental illness, uh, like schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder or any or schizoid <clears throat> personality, any of those, any of the schizoids, um, things don't, uh, nothing is linear. The brain is almost like Swiss cheese. Things go in and out. Um, so things aren't, aren't connected, right? Um, there are certain celebrities, Kanye West being one of them sure. okay? or, or, or ye, I don't know. I can't keep up. Yay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, listen yeah. to, um, an interview with him when he's manic, right? You listen long enough. Nothing he's saying is connected to each other. Nothing he's saying is making sense. He'll go on one tangent and then flip to another tangent. Nothing's really connected. Um, that, that's a, that's a sign. There's not one thought, one train of thought. There's multiple trains going at once. That's a sign that this is more of a, wow. you know, a medical condition, a mental health condition, which is wow. very, um, commonly just treated with medication. Um, we've come mm -hmm. a long way in, wow. with, with medical interventions and we can, the medicine can help stabilize the brain. And so it's not doing that. Um, so, yeah. so as far as if it's a mental health condition and not like a, you know, spiritual awareness, a, a prophetic gift, yeah, it's usually yeah. not going to, it's going to be one multiple trains of thoughts at once. It's not going to, you're going to leave feeling like, huh? Interesting. That's really interesting. Okay. Okay. I'm going to run you through these hot seat questions. All right. I'm going to. And if, it, you know, you could give me a, a a short, quick summary answer, or if it's something that you feel like, all right, let me, let me, let me, uh, uh, cut this into okay. pieces, you know, for us to digest by all means, uh, do you believe that a mental illness can be a demon? You know, I wonder that. I guess the keyword being, I guess the keyword being can. You know, obviously it doesn't automatically mean if you say yes, that every mental illness, disease or anything will automatically be that. But I guess like, do you believe that, I guess, whether it's scientifically, theologically, but just in reality that, that someone can have a mental illness, but in actuality, it, it's, it's something demonic. You know, I think if we're believers, the answer is still the same. The, the solution is still the same. Okay. Amen. Um, well so, you know, I, I don't know, but what I will say, whether it's demonic or it's mental illness or it's both, it is okay to get help for it. And yeah. if, if you believe that it, it could be demonic, then having people pray over you. Right. But also having weapons to fight against it, which you get in therapy. So yeah, whether it is or it isn't, good. I think the solution, my short answer is I think the solution and the approach should still be the same. That's good. That's really, really good. And I, and I think that for a, a hot seat question, that's kind of meant to put um, the heat on the question. I, I love how your, your answer was more solution focused than it is this sort of like perfectly congruent response. I think to we, that. we, I think if to go too long on that, you're going to have people, it's going to polarize people. And at the end of the day, yeah. I'm not sure it matters as much as are we taking care of it. That's good. That's really good because either way, whether um, you know Jesus when he, uh, uh, I think there was a, a child with epilepsy in Mark chapter nine, and he rebuked a demon. You know what I mean? And 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 never. I think the fact that the Bible is silent on when there were certain illnesses that Jesus healed because it was an illness. 
or whether he like delivered somebody because they had a demon, uh, like they were demon possessed. I think it's for a reason. And that is that we are commanded to love, to minister, to serve and to help. And that Jesus is period. sovereign over all of it. Hallelujah. So whether it's a demon Absolutely. or it's not, Jesus already has the Come victory on. over it. So, and I believe that he uses, organ, man. I believe that he uses <laughs> the therapy space to heal people, just like I believe he does it in the medical field to heal your physical body. That's good. That's good. I think with everything you just said, I have an idea of what you're going to answer this, uh, this, this next question here with everything, you know, about the brain, uh, it's physical composition, it's biology, um, it's Swiss cheesery as you, (laughs) you know what I mean? Do you believe, well, I know you believe in it, but I will ask it anyway. Do you believe in a soul or is it only our brain and brain health? This is deep. Oh, yeah. This one was <clears throat> me. Oh, oh okay. You know. Okay. Yeah, I'm saying. I think we are. I think our soul is what will exist beyond this physical body. Yeah. yeah. Um, beyond my, my brain. So, right. So, because I am living, my my soul is existing in this Right. But when my physical body is no more, I believe that my soul still, you know, in heaven. Right. Um, Yeah. 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 So I believe that it's this is the house of my soul. Yes. During my time on Earth. In this house, I have a brain that God designed to help me think and make decisions and do millions of things on a daily basis, including breathing and pumping blood through my veins. Amen. So, um, I think it's both. Yeah. The answer is yes. yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I do. And, and, you know, it's crazy because, um, you know, I, I grew up, you know, kind of being forced to go to church and, um, I think, I don't, I don't know if, um, I was ever an atheist. I think I grew up being a theist. I I definitely didn't grow up being a Christian. I grew up, I'm like, okay, I think, I believe there's Mm -hmm. something, you know, like, cause I was introduced to when it came to like, I guess anything, like I grew up reading like in second grade, I was like, yo, what the heck are these? And it was like books on the different planets. And I'm like, and I remember just kind of feeling like, bruh, we're on this giant floating sphere. That's definitely not flat, um, on nothing. And there's other places like this that are way bigger than our planet why aren't we talking about this all the time mm-hmm. like I I, I I felt like that in second grade and looking at all the stars as if they were like musical notes and like just i need to know who the artist is like wow. who before this like i need to know like i felt like the sky was an invitation for me to like uh it was like this this divine curiosity and so when I went to church, it was this crazy conflict because I would, I feel like if I ever kind of just wandered and looked at the sky, here's this like painting from this real life painting from this mysterious sort of celestial being. But then when I would go to church uh, with my parents, it was this dude being a millimeter away from eating the microphone as he's yelling into it, how women shouldn't mm. wear pants. And it was just like some, it, it was this total disconnect. You get what I'm saying? It was super, super disconnected. I just kind of feel that it, it, for me, it takes a great amount of faith to simply be a naturalist, that there is no soul, there's no spirit. Granted, these things are not quantifiable. You can't take someone's spirit under a microscope and, 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 and examine it and see, oh, this person has a good soul, a bad soul. But, I, I just feel like the way that we're wired uh, to worship, you know what I mean? Whether it's, you know, uh, my Mayan and Aztec ancestors, you know, like to whatever deities, it's it's almost like natural for people to like look outside themselves and want to 
appease or search for for God. You get what I'm saying? Whether it's misguided or or whatever. You get what I'm saying? And and, and I just I feel like there's just gotta be a soul in the brain. And I'm not smart enough to uh to say what the connection is. Um, or if there is a connection at all and there's just two separate things. You know, and I know that with artificial intelligence, there's talks of like, you know, possibly transferring someone's consciousness to like, you know, some sort of Android or whatever. And it's like all these different ways and and, and that technology is like advancing in, in some crazy and some scary, scary way. Yeah. To, you know what I mean? Um, people going to lose their jobs. But I, I, I feel like there, there just there has to be. And I think you should talk to your therapist about brain health. And you should seek Jesus for Amen. your soul, period. Amen. You know what I mean? And and thankfully, you're not forced to have to choose between the two. I'm so glad you said Thanks. that. You can have both. You can have your yeah. faith and your health. You know, you yeah. can have both. You can have your cake and you can That's eat That's right. It. In this you know? case, you can. Yeah. You can. <laughs> for sure. Sure, man. Well, I want to, I want to leave things. I don't want to take too much of your time. I do want to like, kind of give you an opportunity. Like, what are some things that you've learned in your, both your profession and your faith? Um, I guess like, I'll leave it as like, what sort of advice would you want to give someone who could be watching this? And I'm not even going to like create a hypothetical specific situation. I guess just like from your heart, from your head, like whoever could be seeing this, like what's something, what's something that you feel the world needs to know? I don't know about the world, but I do believe that there's somebody listening that's trying to decide about going to therapy and they don't know if they should see a Christian therapist or if they should just see any therapist. Um, Cause that's a common question that I get um, is I'm a believer. So I, I, I want to see somebody who is also a believer. Um, and I get that. I get that. And I, I have people break it down in a couple ways. One, why are you going to therapy, right? Yeah. Are you going because um, you have questions about your faith or you have uh, religious trauma or spiritual trauma? Um, mm. And part of what's injured, right? When we use the physical therapy analogy and you got in an accident, something is injured, a part of your body is injured. If the injury yeah. has to do with faith, um, like I work with a lot of clients actually who come out of cults. Mm. Um, and, and that type of upbringing. Yeah. Um, then I do recommend that you see somebody who is a therapist and also shares the Christian faith because a lot of it's, it's very nuanced and you, you, you need somebody that can help you untease that delicately and who's led by the spirit. That's if good. you, um, have had, you have anxiety or you have depression or you can't get out of bed or you're feeling a loss of motivation or you um, were abused by as a child, or you were sexually assaulted, or you experienced some type of traumatic event that doesn't necessarily have to, is entwined with your faith. See yeah. any qualified therapist, okay? Don't don't get hung up because you can't find somebody who's a Christian. Get the help that you need, right? Amen. And then I, I remember when I started seeing my favorite therapist. Sometimes you got to go through a couple, okay? Don't stop at just one. If it wasn't a good fit, that's the other thing you need to know. Yeah. Um, we worked through trauma stuff, and then I realized, oh, I think I need the spiritual element. And then I found somebody who could give me that. But I'm so glad I had several years under my belt with just a trauma therapist. Yeah, my issues yeah. didn't have to do with my faith. I had a great faith community. I had a great church. I had people. I had friends that I could talk to and untease my faith questions with. It didn't need to be part of my therapy experience. Um, that's really, so that's what I would say. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Jenna, uh, thank you so much, uh, for your time, your wisdom, uh, your willingness to share your experiences, your thoughts. Um, you know, aside from you being a, a professional, you being a daughter of God, I think you also, uh, gave a lot of great insight that I think could bless a lot of individuals. So if, if anybody's looking for, I guess that sort of, um, I guess for lack of a better word, permission, like what, maybe I, I need to go see someone. I, I, I pray to God that they, they take your words to heart. You know, um, we're only given one brain. Um, you just took that one... out of my brain. I was just about <laughs> to you say mean? that. That you only have one brain? And 
because you can get a you can get a heart transplant, you can get a liver transplant, you can even get a new kidney or live without one. Okay, wow. but you cannot. Wow. I've never heard of somebody getting a brain transplant. Okay, you only got one one mind. Yeah, you need yeah. to protect it and That's... take care of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And 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 Lord knows, uh, I've benefited greatly. And I've, I've I remember I read the entire Bible when I was sixteen, and with everything I've read in the word therapy still blessed the mess out of me. And, and, and I think just for the simple fact that there's somebody that does not know you that has no bias on you because they don't know you from Adam able to kind of like allow you to reflect and also examine, um, your thoughts and allow you to process your emotions that in and of itself is, um, extremely important. It's confidential. So, there's some people that are listening that you have done things that nobody knows about. You've even committed crimes that nobody knows about. Mm. You can tell your therapist. Your therapist cannot report that. Okay. The wow. only time they can wow. report is if you're going to go do something that's going to hurt yourself or hurt somebody else. It's the only time, right? But if something you've already done years ago and you've never told anybody and it's eating you alive and it's already happened and you have no intentions of repeating, yeah, that's confidential. Okay. And somebody that, needs to know that. that. So I'll tell you after the fact. Right. All right yeah. That, that. Trust me. I know some things I wish I didn't, but. <laughs> you. Well, yeah, we'll, 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 I definitely don't want you to uh, snitch on nobody, but yeah, man. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much again, my sister. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for everything. And if, if you or anyone else, you know, could be struggling, please uh, seek help. Um, there are numbers, there are resources that you can call um, if you're even thinking about um, maybe this this world not being being better off without you. There are resources, there are people that you can talk to. And it's a lie. And there's a God that gets better. It does get better. Come on, come on, sis. But yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Absolutely, nice to be here. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>